So today we're starting a new series entitled, You Shall Call Him Jesus. The angel of the Lord told Mary that his name would be Jesus. And for this month, um, even in finishing on our, our Christmas Eve service, uh, we're going to talk about the name of Jesus. And, and we're going to talk about Jesus and who he was and what he is to us today. Um, you know, I, I was, th- there's a passage of scripture that we're going to read, and actually, I think I'm going to start with it today. It's found in Hebrews chapter 1. And I want to start with this as we go through a number of different scriptures talking about this. Let's pray as we get started. Father, we thank you today that you're so true to us. Thank you for the word today as it goes forth that it will not return void, but accomplish great things in the hearer. Lord, you're so faithful to us. We bless you, we honor you, and we give you all praise today. And everybody said, amen Amen. and amen. Um, before I get started, I just want to say this. just had this thought. Um, at, at, in, in, at Gates of the City, in this church, uh, for over 27 years, we have preached a lot of word. There's a lot of cassette tapes that are master's. A lot of CDs, and now there's a lot of stuff online that you can download and 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 listen to on a regular basis. And uh, the reason that we're here is just one. There's only one reason that we're here as a church, just one, and that's because of what the Word does to a person's life. The Great Commission was to make disciples. And you can disciple somebody to think like you, or you can disciple somebody to think like God. Amen? And Gates of the City is here for one reason, and that is to preach the uncompromised Word so that the Word itself changes you. Amen? Um. The Bible's very clear that faith comes by hearing. Faith in God comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word. If you never heard the Word preached, and you just read the Bible, there's a a strong chance that you would never get saved. This is the best-selling book in the history of mankind. I mean, there's the Bible, and then way down here is maybe the next best-seller. No book even comes close to this book. You know how many of these books right here? And it's a book that sits on people's shelves in their homes and collects dust, never gets opened. They have it. They might look through it when there's a tragic thing happen. Maybe something will come out of it. 
Maybe something like Raiders of the Lost Ark will come and blow up or something out of the Bible when you needed it or something. But that, that's not true. It won't happen. That's Hollywood. It happens when the pages of this book get in the side of an individual person. And God anoints people like myself to study the Word to bring a Word that you need to hear. And everybody, everybody, it's important that everybody is a part. There's lots of Word preached all over the planet. Everybody say, thank God for the Word that's being preached. I'm telling you, thank God for the Word that's being preached around the world. But you need, every individual person needs a home where the Word that is preached will challenge them. And that's what we're about. And we've always been about that. And we'll always be about it. This place will always be about the Word being preached to change your life. Because if you hear something today and you take it with you and you do something with you and it does something in your life, then, then it's been accomplished. And it doesn't matter how many times you have to hear the Word. You may have to hear the Word 900 times before something actually changes in your life. But whatever it takes, God's all about change. But change will never happen if the word is not preached. Because people can't be discipled without their hearing being changed. Because if your hearing's changed, then your thinking changes. And if your thinking changes, then you change. Because as a man thinks, he is. Amen? That was just free. I just wanted you to know that. But today we're talking about Jesus Christ and his name. You shall call him Jesus. And in Hebrews 1, in verse 1, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, not the power of his word, but the word of his power. When he had by himself purged out our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. How excellent is His name. There's no other name in heaven and on earth that compares to this name. There is no other name that's even in the ballpark. It's, there's no other name that even comes close to what this name is. And He, He, and I'm going to read a number of scriptures that back this up, He inherited that name. When I was 10 years old, my parents separated and then eventually divorced. And when I was 14 years old, my dad remarried. And the woman, my, I have myself, and I have three siblings, so there's four of us. And the woman that he married had five children. And thank God they didn't have any together. No, there was nine. And uh, so it was a full house. And... Um, My stepmother had married a man who 
was on his way to the Olympics in sometime in the 40s, and he was a javelin thrower. And he, before he left to the Olympics, whenever it was, whatever year it was in the 40s, he acquired polio. And he was in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. And when she married him, she had been divorced. And the two of them had a son. And so when my, my father married her, he was about three. He had, yeah, the, the other man had passed away. And, um, and when they married... My stepbrother, this stepbrother, the youngest in the family, was three years old. And about five or six years into the marriage, my dad decided to adopt him. And as he adopted him, he became a Wimberley. Her other four children have other last names. And I have a brother and two sisters, and myself are Wimberleys. But Eric is a Wimberley. He inherited that. He was adopted. And he came from being a Johnson, was his last name, to being a Wimberley. And I want you to think about this today. I gave you that example because I want you to think about what this scripture said right here. Um... In, in John chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh, and it dwelt among us. The Word did. So, compare that little story right there to my stepbrother, Eric. Eric was a Johnson. He wasn't born a Wimberley. Jesus was the Word. He wasn't born the Word. He was born flesh and was named Jesus. But he already was. When he was born, he had already existed. But his existence took on flesh. His existence, the living Word, took on flesh and blood. The Word became flesh. A Johnson became a Wimberley. My brother Eric inherited that name. He was adopted and grafted in. Jesus inherited the name Jesus. He was the Word, and He became Jesus, who today 
is at the right hand of the Father. He's the living Word. He's Jesus. He's everything. Amen? Because that name encompasses everything. And that's what we're talking about today. About the power of the name. Now, I'm going to share a couple of verses of Scripture that talk about what we have in the name, and then we're going to back up and look at the origin of the name and where Jesus came from. In Acts chapter 4, in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The word saved there, its, it's connotation is born again. We must be born a second time. There is no other name that you can be born again under. There's no other name. So the name that Jesus inherited, the the name that the living Word inherited when the living Word became flesh is the name of Jesus, and there is no other name that a man can be saved. There's no way to the Father but through Jesus Christ. There's no way. And you know what? that That is the foundation of the Word. And that revelation, what backs that revelation is the deity of God. If you you understand the word deity and who God is in Himself, in His nature, when, when people try to tell me that there's all kinds of different roads to God, the Father, well, they don't understand the deity of the God that we're talking about. See, I've, I've studied a lot of different religions and I've talked to lots of different people that believe different things. But there's only one way to the God of the Bible and that's through Jesus Christ because there's no other name. And we have to understand how that name was acquired. It was inherited. It wasn't... It wasn't It wasn't put on that the name wasn't given to something that had never originated. The name was inherited. In other words, it changed. The Word became Jesus. Because the Word became flesh. It says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. And everything that was made was made by the Word. So, where was the Word? He was in the beginning. In the beginning of what? In the beginning of even beyond the beginning of creation of this, on this planet. The Word just was. When God said in Genesis 1, light be and light was, that was Jesus. But He wasn't Jesus then, He was the Word. But the Word became flesh and inherited this name that is above every name. Think that through as we go through this. Glory to God. You're going to see an announcement um, before long for anybody that desires to be water baptized. 
Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 says, Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Baptism is in that name. When we baptize people, I, I've, I've, I've literally, I literally one day at a car dealership that I was working at, I was standing on the street corner, and these guys were going to fists over how you baptize somebody. They were, they were fixing to hit each other over it. If I hadn't been standing there, they'd have duked it out. And what they were arguing over was, should you baptize people in water in the name of Jesus or in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Well, right here it says in Acts 2.38, Repent and let everyone be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. No. Baptized into the death and the burial and the resurrection of the name. Now, Acts cha- I mean, Matthew chapter 28 says to go and, and immerse people, baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. If you really look at what Jesus was saying in that great commission at the end, it was, He was talking about immersing people in the revelation of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But listen, you, you, you know, the devil won't get in people if you baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You understand? But if we want to do it correctly, based on Scripture, we're to baptize people. When a person gets born again, then it, it, it's correct in Scripture to get baptized. Well, you're not going to get baptized in the Father. You're going to get baptized in what Jesus did. So we're going to baptize people as we do in the name of Jesus. It's that name that was inherited. It was that name that was given to the Word when the Word was encompassed by flesh. Mark chapter 16 and verse 17. Part of the Great Commission. And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, and in my name they will speak with new tongues. The baptism of the Holy Spirit comes through the name of Jesus. In my name. In my name. In my name. John 16 and verse 23. Man, you, you can do this all day long. Literally, for the next three hours, I could do an in my name. In my name. In my name. John 16 and verse 23. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you. So our prayers today, that day started the day He sat down at the right hand of the Father. That's when that day is. 
That's when it started. In that day, you'll ask the Father in my name, and the Father will give you everything that you ask in my name, you believing that it's my will for you to have it, and you believing that you have a right to receive it. That's what he said right there. Until now, you've asked me nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. James says, we have not because we ask not. We ask and receive not because we ask amiss. In other words, we ask with the wrong motive. I encourage you today to get the revelation of asking like you never have before. But allow your asking to be in line with what the will of God is. First and foremost, the wisdom to know what to do about a situation is found when the will of God comes alive on the inside of you. Understanding and knowing the will of God. Colossians 3 And verse 17. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So in everything. In how many things? In everything. God doesn't lie. He doesn't lie. He can't lie. And so if He said in everything, in everything, whatever you do in word or deed, do... Do it in His name and give thanks and glory to God for everything that you do. But what you do, you do it in the name and the revelation of the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Now, let's look at the origin. I just wanted to give you several things that the name, as I just did, that represents the name and what you can't do without the name and Colossians says we can't do anything without the name so let's look at just a few scriptures there's tons more than what I'm going to give you right now but let's look in in the Old Testament in Isaiah the ninth chapter this is Isaiah prophesying of the coming king verse 6 For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called what? Wonderful. His name will be called Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with justice, with judgment and justice, from that time forward, even forever, for the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. But he said, Unto us a child is born. Who's us? Who's us? Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. So us gave the son. 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were involved in the decision to give. The Son, the Word, was part of the decision maker because He's with God always. He's never been separated. He was part of the decision making process of giving this child to be born. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He didn't come and, and Mary was not impregnated with just anything and anybody. She was impregnated with the Word of God. Now, I saw something in this passage I'm going to read with you, read to you. I saw something here that I've never seen before, and, and I want to show you. Luke chapter 1, and starting with verse 26. And we heard Isaiah's account of the Son being given, and now in Luke 1. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Now notice, the angel of the Lord is bringing the word of the Lord. He is the messenger of God. He is bringing God's word. In other words, he is the power of attorney in this situation for God's word. In other words, whatever the angel says is what God would say if he was standing there. Right? Okay? So, this is God's word. This is God speaking through the angel. Verse 29 again. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. She was troubled at what he said. And considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name. What did Isaiah say? Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. You cannot define this name. There's no end to the name because this name is everything. It has everything. And in the name is your and my availability to everything that God has in the name. It's the name. The name that He was named was not just a name they picked out of a hat. There was nobody in their lineage with that name. That wouldn't be the name that she would name her first child normally. It's what the angel said. And he said, you'll name this, this child Jesus. He's wonderful. He's the counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. He's the I am that I am. He's everything in everything. See, because this isn't just a child. And 
this isn't just a child from sperm. The only way for a woman to become impregnated is through sperm. So, the Holy Spirit, which is the third part of the triune being, had to impregnate her womb with sperm. But this child wasn't just the first time God decided by the Holy Spirit to create sperm for a child. This child already was. This child was the Word that became flesh. And she was impregnated with something that she could not understand how that could be because she'd never been with a man. She said, how, how can this be? She's about 16 years old at this time and never been with a man, and the angel of the Lord is saying, you're going, your womb will be impregnated and you will have a son and you'll name him this. Now watch what she says. Or what it says here. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. That's what Isaiah prophesied. Of his kingdom there would be no end. Then Mary said, to the angel how can this be since I do not know a man and the angel answered and said to her the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God now indeed Elizabeth your relative has also conceived a son in her old age and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren for with God, nothing will be impossible. Verse 37 in the Amplified says, For with God, nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. That's what she heard. That's what she heard. No word from God, no word from God will ever be without power or possible of fulfillment. And so Mary says this, and this is what you got to grab a hold of. I mean, this 16-year-old girl has no clue what's going on in the natural. She has a love for God in, in what she knows of God, but she has no clue. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever for something like this to happen. Absolutely no sense. And this is her final response. Her uncle, who six or eight months earlier, when the angel came to him, when he was in the Holy of Holies, when he was going in for one time in a lifetime to go in and minister uh, the Holy Sacraments at, at the offering, he goes in and the angel speaks to him, and his response is unbelief. He doesn't believe. And the angel says, you won't speak until that child is born. And he doesn't. But Mary, at 16 years old, her response is this. Then Mary said, behold, the handmaiden of the Lord. 
Let it be to me according to your word. I'm not even sure that it would have worked if she would have said whatever. Okay, whatever. Doesn't make any sense, whatever. That wouldn't have worked. She told the angel that she believed that what he was saying Now, this is an angel. Do you think at 16 she'd ever seen an angel? How many have ever seen an angel? I mean, some some of you have, I'm sure. Yeah? Anybody? So, at 16, I'm sure she had never seen an angel. So this is a situation where in the natural At 16 years old, she has every right not to believe anything in the natural. Well, the poor girl, you know, okay. She she didn't do what was right there, but, you know, uh, those were tough odds against her. Yeah. But this this is a one-time situation that will never happen again. And God all this time has looked for the right person to make the right choice. Amen? He looked for a long period of time, for over 2,000 years, to find Abraham to make the choice to offer up his only begotten son as an example of what this would look like right here. Of what this would look like in Jesus coming to the earth, God offering and giving the best of heaven for the good of all people. And right here, right here, and, and, and we have no other accounts or no other, no other verbiage in Scripture where it says that the Holy Spirit came at another time, but it was right here where her conception began. Now, whether the Holy Spirit was on her in this moment, but she said, she said, so be it according to the Word. And when she said that, something began to happen inside of her because of what she received. Every woman has to receive sperm to create a child. If she would have rejected the process for this to happen, maybe there would have been another one. I don't know. But if she would have rejected it, there would have been no salvation for mankind. That's why this name is so powerful. And all the religions of the world can talk Christianity down and talk things about Christianity that it's just another religion or whatever. But they can talk all they want. But what backs this up is the deity of God. Nobody was ever able to cause someone that was something higher to become something lower so that he could be hired. (laughs) High to low to high. Amen? Nobody's ever been able to do that. That was God's plan for mankind, 
And that's the reason that you and I are saved in the name. We're baptized in the name. We're baptized in the Holy Ghost in the name. We're healed in the name. We're delivered in the name. We're everything in the name because of the process. And when she said, so be it according to your word, what she received was the living word that was in agreement for this whole thing. He was a part of the conversation. Father didn't step aside from the Holy from, from the Son, from the Word, and say, Well, I think I'm gonna do this. They agreed, and the Father gave the Word who became the Son, who became the child that became Jesus, the inherited, excellent, wonderful, magnificent, holy name that now you and I have at our disposal. And I'm telling you right now, there is nothing on planet earth, nothing like the name. Nothing. Some of my most powerful manifestations that I've seen in my life in prayer were just Jesus. 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 Some need, some situation arose, and it's like all that could come out of me was Jesus. Why? Because that name is above everything that has a name. Right? I mean, anything and everything that has a name, the name of Jesus is above that. So why not just speak what's above whatever you're having a problem with? Right? Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9 says that. Philippians 2 and 9. Therefore God has also has highly exalted Him and given Him the name. Everybody say the name. Which is above every name. The name. The name. And the name... The name and the power of the name was given to you and I. One day I had a guy come to me and he said, as a result of something that I either I preached or prayed as years ago, he came to me and he said, uh, he said, you know, I, I don't think that you should that you should demand something in the name, like demand something from God the way you're doing in your prayer. And I, and I kind of stepped back and I thought, I said, Demand, demanding something from God? I don't do, I, I, I've never in my life demanded anything from God. When, when, if, I pray, if I pray over something, if Brian has something that's attacked his body, and I lay hands and, and I'm demanding something to leaving his body, I'm not demanding God anything. I'm executing with my mouth what God said I could say. But I'm doing it in the name of Jesus. I'm not demanding anything from God. I'm declaring that that thing has no right to stay in his body. That's not demanding anything from God. We, you, if you ever find yourself telling God what to do, get out. I mean, get away from me. Amen? 
The demand is against the evil. The demanding is against the, the change that is not right. Listen, look at, I mean, everywhere you look in, in your and my life and everybody around, there are so many things in the world that are not right. There's only one thing that's right. It's the name. It's right. Notice, notice all the scriptures that we've already talked about. Everything that you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he would be glorified and exalted. Everything that you do, you do it in the name. 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 You, you, you know, anytime we pray, at least around this place, anytime we pray, we always pray things in the name. In the name. I had a person years ago said, man, you know, you, 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 you wear that in the name thing out. I had somebody say that to me. You're, you're wearing that out. He said, he said just, just pray something. I said, no, 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 I, I can't pray. It's not prayer if I'm not, if I'm not asking and declaring. The scripture that I gave you from John 14, that's your daily asking. He said, to this point, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask in, in that day, you'll ask the Father in my name, and the Father will do everything that you ask in my name if what you ask for is the will of the Father. Anything. He said, but up until that time, because he hadn't gone to the cross, he hadn't gone to hell, he hadn't been raised from the dead, he didn't, hadn't ascended to the right hand of the Father, so all that authority had not been established yet, but once it was, that was the day. And in that day, which is today. Everybody say today. Today, you and I have access to that wonderful, excellent, that magnificent, that holy, that glorious, that, that, that no limitation name. There's no limits to what the name of Jesus has already accomplished for you and I. Now we have to be on the receiving end of it. We have to believe that we have a right to receive it. Can you say amen? Now I'm going to end with this for today. Um, and here, here's, here's just a great verse of Scripture to kind of tie this together, found in Matthew 8. <clears throat> Matthew 8, starting with verse 5. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him. Uh, yeah, I told you, uh, chapter 8 and verse 5, right? <clears throat> Saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only what? Speak the word. Only speak the word, and my servant will be healed. 
For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled, and he said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in all of Israel, that he found in this Roman centurion. You know, that made them mad. All them Pharisees and Sadducees got ticked. He said, here's great faith, because this man said, speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. Now, we're going to kind of go in this direction next week, but what I read in Hebrews 1 when I started out, and, and and it says this in the third verse, it says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, or that word power there is authority. The Bible says all authority in heaven and earth was given to Jesus. Jesus gave, in Ephesians 1, you can go and look at it towards the end of the chapter, it says that that authority was given to the church, which is his body. What I'm going to say today about this Roman centurion that is likened unto you and I is this. What Jesus, when he said, speak the word only, that was before the cross. And what he was declaring was, the centurion said, all you have to do is speak the word. That authority that Jesus had that he saw that the centurion had, I I mean, maybe this isn't so. This is just this vision that I have of it. What I believed that Jesus saw in the centurion, this guy's got this, and once I do what I'm going to do, and once I leave and ascend to the right hand of the Father, now he's going to take my name, and he's going to speak the word. See, because he realized and understood the authority that Jesus had, While Jesus was on the earth, he saw that, but the Pharisees and all the others and his disciples were struggling with it, and they didn't see it. But he saw that the centurion saw it, so to me, in his mind, he's saying, now there's one of my boys, because I need one of these guys, I need somebody to get this, that it's not God doing it after I leave, it's now you doing it with God in you. Now you're doing it in my name as power of attorney to use my name and have that power of attorney to have authority over how much? Everything. Because Colossians 3 just said that everything that you do, if you do it in the name of God, He'll get the glory for everything that happens. So this wonderful, this excellent, this this inherited name that Jesus inherited, He gave to you and I for now you and I to use. And when you and I speak the word in His name, we're to get the same exact results. No pressure. No wrangling about it. No fighting about it. Because you don't need to be speaking the word of faith in a situation until you believe. So there's no pressure. That's why you come and you sit and you listen to messages like this. 
so that you can take this word and you can begin to do something with it. And you know what? However long it takes to become revelation for you, it doesn't matter. No pressure, no forcing it, no trying to make something happen. Just allowing the word to be a part of you like it was with that centurion before there was even salvation, this guy believed it. He believed that Jesus had the authority. You know what? I believe in the authority in my life. But I can't believe for your life. Only you can believe for your life. But I can pray that your eyes be opened up so you see clearly to know how to use the name of Jesus and we can teach the word as we're doing today that we'll continue to teach encouraging you and uplifting you and letting you know God's no respecter of person he's a respecter of faith those who will believe the word and do something with it will get the same results that Jesus got wow can you say amen amen